Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Swipe up episode 207 of the show where I share my opinions on current events, things that are going on in the world. I talk about them. I share what my, my brain thinks of those things. And uh, then I put this online for people to argue and cry and say how wrong I am or ignorant or whatever. Usually a lot of racist people uh, yelling at me or, or misogynistic people or conservatives. Like a lot of the kind of people in society that like to vocalize their hate, uh, that are, have been empowered to be hateful uh, ever since the last orange Jesus was president. Uh, running for president is really when he opened the door for people to just openly be assholes to everybody else. Uh, but let's get it started, shall we, with the first story, a little sad news, especially for me, especially for anybody that loved hip-hop in the 90s. Uh, the one and only Coolio has passed away, uh, which I'm sure everybody at this point knows. Uh, I, I would assume they know. Uh, this is a artist that... I loved in the 90s when he came out. Gangster's Paradise, obviously, was the smash hit that got me into it. I remember I wasn't able to, I wasn't allowed to listen to hip-hop, to rap, really. Uh, I mean, especially gangster rap. Gangster rap was the thing that was scaring all the parents at the time. And uh, I was able to, of course, listen to... Vanilla Ice, of course, white rappers were okay, seemingly. And even uh, MC Hammer, I was okay. I was allowed to listen to MC Hammer because he was more of a pop type of uh, rapper. He wasn't really, he, he wasn't into the, the trend of the time of gangster rap. So I was, I was allowed to listen to a couple, couple artists in that genre. But in general, I believe... Uh, Coolio was kind of the big one that uh, I, I, I encountered some pushback on uh, when I got the Coolio album. I remember specifically trying to argue that it was okay because uh, Gangsta's Paradise was Gangsta's. It wasn't Gangster. It was Gangsta's. I, I, it worked, I guess. I don't know. It's, it's really mind-boggling how you're able to convince conservative parents it wasn't even just my mom it was my friend's mom as well uh who was very active in the church uh and all of that so whatever the argument worked and i was able to listen to it he wasn't actually my first the first uh hip-hop artist which i wouldn't say is gangster rap and I, i don't even know how much coolio was actually gangster rap either uh, like Tupac or Biggie, I would say those are definitely more gangster rap. Um, but uh, the first hip-hop album that was not MC Hammer and was not Vanilla Ice was Skilo, known for I Wish. I Wish I Was a Little Bit Taller. Very popular song of the time. Uh, it was Summer Vacation. I listened to the radio is how I got most of my music. Uh, just listening, there was a couple radio stations, and one of the radio stations was alternative, and they changed formats to being R&B and hip-hop. And my goal for this summer, 
was to call in. They had radio comp contests all the time where you call in and you can win prizes. And my goal for that summer was to call in and win a prize, to win a radio contest. And I did. One day I called, and I called the radio station all the time. I would call and request songs. And then when they came on, I would hit record on the cassette deck that was part of the radio. And that's how I would. That's before Napster, before streaming services. You would request songs from the radio station. And hopefully they will play the song you request. So I would call the radio stations all the time. But my goal was to win a competition. I won a competition. And they gave me a coloring book for SeaWorld which the sound of depression and sadness in my voice made the disc jockey who clearly knew I was a child at the time. You know, I was probably like 12 years old, maybe 13 years old. Wouldn't was not happy. Was not happy with the the coloring book. Uh they decided to give me a cassette of Skilo, who was the popular artist with the hit song I Wish, uh which I was happy about that. Of course, I had to convince my mom to drive to the radio station to pick up the cassette for me. But it was a cassette that I listened to all the time. And But the first CD that I got, that I think I spent money on, was Coolio. Uh, because of Gangster's Paradise uh, and many other songs, Fantastic Voyage was another one. He had a few hits on MTV at the time. You know, he was fun, too. He had the crazy hair. Uh, he was honored by having one of his songs, Gangsta's Paradise, parodied by Weird Al Yankovic, which apparently they had a bit of uh, friction because of that, because Coolio didn't realize what an honor it was uh, to have your song parodied by Weird Al. I think later on they, they became friends and uh, buried the hatchet, as it were. Um, but yeah, just a guy, and then more recently, he appeared on a, a fun internet show that I love called Hot Ones, where famous people come on and try to eat 10 spicy, like increasingly more spicy wings with spicy hot sauce as they're being interviewed, uh, which is a great interview show. Uh, I think Sean Evans is the host, asks great questions, and uh, Coolio's appearance on that show was pretty historic, I would say, uh, in the pantheon of guests that have been on that show. Um, and just somebody that's kind of been in the zeitgeist ever since the 90s, you know? Not really, never really hit the same highs as he did. Always well-respected. Like, it was, he was just kind of a guy that everybody loved, right? Gangsta's Paradise to this day is still a great song. So many of his songs, like after hearing of his passing, passing, I went back and listened to a bunch of his songs, used a bunch of his songs for my, my painting videos when I post those up on social media. It's just, he seemed like a really fun guy, right? Just a solid dude, solid artist, and just a good, a good guy. Like there was never really any, that I could remember, any real drama with him. There's no real negative press of his that i can remember not that i was too plugged into that sort of thing but uh a shame to see passed away at 59 from what i hear or heard it was due to cardiac problems like heart problems so i mean a lot of things can contribute to that maybe drug use growing up maybe he did a lot of cocaine when cocaine was very popular who knows could be congenital could be 
you know, something that's uh, part of his family history of having heart issues. Who knows? But 59, very young for somebody who seemed to be in good shape, uh, at least when he was on Hot Ones. I mean, he, but you never know. You never know. Uh, but sad to see him go. You know, out of out of so many people that seem to be dying, uh, a lot of musicians and actors and and kind of celebrities of my generation are kind of starting to go, and it's it's sad. It's sad, and uh, you know, I think I think it it's a thing where he I think his best work he had already done, and you know, it's thankfully it will live forever. You know, we always be able to go listen to uh, a Coolio song and, and kind of bring that back or, or watch his interviews, all the things that are online. So we're living in a time that even though a lot of these celebrities are dying, that, you know, we can kind of revisit all the things that they did throughout their career and and uh, and and enjoy it and kind of uh, remember them. So uh, rest in peace, Coolio. You will be missed. And uh, it would have all it would have been amazing to see like a comeback for him. It would have been amazing, you know. And maybe he maybe there was and I'm just, you know, outside of all the things that go on in that world. But either way, Coolio was amazing and uh, rest in peace. I want to take a quick break from the show to let you all know that there is official merch for the Ray Taylor Show. Head on over to InspiredDisorder.com. You can get t-shirts, different artwork available, different designs, all on high quality materials in all the sizes. There's also iPhone cases made of biodegradable material. That's right. This is not bad for the environment. This is good for the environment. So all those designs that are available on t-shirts are also available on phone cases designed by me, sold by me. Head on over to inspireddisorder.com to support the Ray Taylor show and promote it out in the world so all of the people in your life can see that you are a fan of the Ray Taylor show. Now, let's get back to that very show right now. So let's move on to something kind of right out of a Roland Emmerich film. Uh, NASA spaceship has struck an asteroid in a historic test. Uh, So apparently NASA was testing out uh, just for future knowledge if uh, asteroid was suspected to collide with the world the globe that we live on called earth uh they uh, wanted to test out uh, uh prevention preventative methods to keep an asteroid from potentially ending life on this planet or causing massive de- destruction uh you know small asteroids kind of you burn up in our atmosphere and land every once in a while but you know and the moon catches a lot of asteroids there's a lot of things that kind of protect us from being uh having to suffer extinction in that form uh but interesting that they're doing tests on trying to which is not kind of good to hear but also you know we we heard about this after the fact and i'm sure with so many things going on in the world so much unrest climate change uh regime regime changes potential you know, dictatorship for the United States if certain political parties get back in power, uh, just like complete elimination of, of civil and human rights. 
uh, wars constantly going on. Uh, just a lot of crazy things are happening in general. So if there was an asteroid that was going to be colliding with the planet and it was going to be a dangerous situation, I could see them able just completely keeping that secret from everybody. Uh, and we wouldn't know until after they were successful or, you know, we, things would just end. You know, we would just realize that it's we would find out when it's way too late to do anything. Not that we could do anything. If it was a big enough asteroid, there's really nothing you can do. Um, you know, you can't you're not going to go into a bunker. You're, you're not going to go fly to some other country to avoid Right. There's it's really just like, you know, prepare, prepare to to see what happens after you die. Uh, but it, it, it's kind of, uh, you know, it, it feels good that NASA's around. There's other space agencies. I mean, this is something that would impact the civilization of humans on Earth as as a whole. So, you know, it's something that all countries would be, pro you know, kind of benefiting from avoiding an asteroid colliding into earth so it's nice that they're doing testing coming up with ideas preventative measures to to avoid an asteroid destroying life on this planet but uh you know uh so let me let me read this a nasa spacecraft has smashed into an asteroid as part of a mission to protect earth the U.S. Space Agency launched an un unmanned rocket at the asteroid named Dimorphos uh, to demonstrate how incoming rockets can, uh, how incoming rocks can be destroyed. Uh, Dimorphos, which was 560 feet wide, posed no threat to the planet, but other rocks could be dangerous in the future. Yeah, I mean, it's good. It's good. You know, it's good that they're, you know, somebody at NASA watched Armageddon and they're like, well, maybe, maybe we should be ready. Maybe we should be prepared. It's kind of weird. Like, this can't be the first time they've thought of maybe we should be prepared. Armageddon came out in like 2000, 2001, somewhere around there, right? That was like over two decades ago. Armageddon came out. And it's not like Armageddon was the first movie to pose the idea. I mean, we knew about the dinosaurs uh, and how they got taken out. So it's like, I wonder how many other tests they've done. Cause I can't imagine this is the first test. Either way, uh, I'm glad they're testing things out. I'm glad that somebody's out there trying to protect. You know, if if climate change doesn't, destroy humanity first you know i i, I don't know it's it, it's a weird time we're living in where a potential asteroid apocalypse isn't the worst thing that could be happening but anyway let's move on uh some good news the fda has approved a new drug to fight als and it was partially funded by the ice bucket challenge uh, about a decade ago remember the ice bucket challenge I remember being challenged on the podcast I was doing way back in the day. I believe it was Adriel Restrepo, an artist out of Florida, challenged myself and Keith to the Ice Bucket Challenge, and we failed. We failed. 
I I don't think we. I mean, I know we didn't end up doing it, but it was a viral sensation that raised a lot of awareness, a lot of money apparently, and part of that money went to uh, funding this this research uh, in the 2014 viral trend. I can't believe that was 2014. I thought it was before that. Uh, the 2014 viral trend, so almost a decade ago, uh, raised $115 million to fight ALS. Uh, of the money, $2.2 million was put towards funding the study. So out of $115 million, only $2.2 million was put towards funding the study uh, that tested the newly approved uh, medication Relivrio. Relivrio. According to the ALS Association, the association also credits the challenge for funding research that helped scientists in 2016 discover a gene called NEK1 that has been linked to ALS. Quote, the approval of AMX0035 is further proof of how the ice bucket challenge dramatically accelerated the fight against ALS. Uh, End quote. Kalanit Ballas, president and CEO of the ALS Association, said in news release, quote, since then we've seen new genes discovered, new uh, new assistive technology developed to help people with living with ALS and far more people living with ALS have access to care service than ever before. So it did a lot of good things. ALS, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease, is a neurodegenerative disease that causes people to lose the ability to move, speak, and eventually breathe. Uh, there is no cure for the disease, and on average, people die within five years of their diagnosis. Pete Frades, the man who helped make the Ice Bucket Challenge fundraiser go viral, died from ALS. In 2019, at the age of 34, uh, there was a comic, there was a podcast I used to watch and listen to called Kill Tony. And one of their comics, regular comics they would have on, uh, I'm forgetting his name, but he had ALS. And I remember a little after I stopped watching the show, uh, he had to leave because it was becoming more difficult for him to speak. Kind of sounded drunk. Uh, great great sense of humor you know great strength about him I, I wish i could remember his name uh it's been a while since i've watched that show i had to stop politically politically the show changed a lot let's put it that way during the pandemic uh which is similar to a lot of comedians apparently uh kind of s a lot of comedians just started leaning into right-wing stuff and, uh, you know, it, it's a bummer. I was a big fan of the show and uh, was a big fan of that comedian as well, of, of all of their regulars that they've had on over the years. Uh, but I remember when he finally left, it was sad. And I don't know, he might not even be alive anymore because that was, you know, it was uh, he was on there for like, uh, I think, over a year. And I think he had had it for a few years. And his background was like in improv and stuff like that. He was a writer. He was, you know, he was doing the comedy thing way before Kill Tony. And, uh, you know, just a kind of a sad disease to see destroy people. And, but good thing, you know, it's it's nice to see dumb viral trends 
doing good in the world, right? It's good to see that, like, the Ice Bucket Challenge didn't just raise a bunch of money for somebody to run off with the money, right? Like so many charities do, right? This actually went to something to actually further research and potentially, you know, do even more, you know? Develop a drug to help people. Let's take a little break from the show to promote I Have Inspired Disorder Plus. Would you feel good about donating $5 a month to an artist that you want to support? $5 a month is not much. Less than a price of a cup of coffee at Starbucks. A lot of people would probably say, yeah, Inspired Disorder Plus, people can go. And for $5 a month or $50 for the year, you get access to all of the old podcasts that I've ever done, like 10 different podcasts hundreds of podcast episodes you also get access to like special deals so if you do want to collect my artwork you get discounts on stuff watch this show binge the full week ad free for five dollars a month like you get benefits for the five dollars a month or fifty dollars a year so it's not like you're just donating five dollars there's something you get something for that would you feel good about donating five dollars a month to an artist that you want to support a lot of people would probably say yeah head on over to inspireddisorder.com slash plus and become an Inspired Disorder Plus member today. And now let's get back to the show. Let's move on to the last and final story. Not that long ago, Bruce Willis announced his retirement from film because of a disease, a condition that he had that made it uh, impossible for him to do a lot of things, recognize faces, I think recall scripts and things, and it just made acting impossible for him. So he had to step away. And this is kind of uh, some new, historically new, especially in the acting world. Bruce, Bruce Willis has become the first Hollywood star to sell rights to a deepfake firm after retiring from acting earlier this year. Um, and this is kind of weird. This is kind of weird because, I mean, we've seen this happen in movies and commercials where people who have died, Bruce Willis still with us, but just no longer able to perform, no longer able to act. But now a company will be able to use his likeness, use his image and voice to superimpose him into movies. So he can still star in movies digitally. But what we've seen in movies like Star Wars where there's actors who have died and they use a CGI version of the actor to reprise their role in a, in a franchise, which I think that's shady. You know, you've seen people like Fred Astaire and I think selling vacuums. Of course, there was the hologram Tupac that showed up at Coachella. Like, we've seen versions of this where people who have died, their likeness and their, their character has been used in different things, which is very weird. Like, for a lot of reasons, it's really weird. Like, just weird using somebody who's dead, using them to, do, to sell a thing, to do a thing that they may never have approved to do like selling vacuums and i don't know if it was fred astaire or not but you know there's been a lot of versions of this and 
it's not surprising that actors would because that's the future the future is not only just deep fakes but just selling i've heard stories of actors getting full body scans over the years for them to compile a catalog of their digital self over the years so that in the future they can license that out i mean definitely for an actor to be able to kind of generate income after they retire or for whatever happened for their their family later on to be able to continue making money but just also other revenue streams i mean if you're an actor today and you are able to compile a digital these digital assets of yourself live body scans voice things you're able to archive those things while you're still alive while you're still performing then you can like license those things out to do roles that are smaller or to do like commercials and things that you wouldn't want to spend time like you can bring in money that doesn't require you to put a full performance put all of your artistic ability into a performance like a commercial and get extra money without having to do the work it's almost like for an artist selling prints of your work versus selling originals right these actors are able to sell like prints of themselves sell like clones of themselves to be in things that bring in smaller amounts of money but have like kind of almost that that um you know that that revenue stream that you're not just like an automatic revenue stream that you're not you don't have to you're not physically putting work into you're not actively putting work into it's just an interesting time we're living in and as as far as all the actors to do it makes sense that bruce willis would do it because he's not like if he didn't have whatever disorder or illness that he has he would still be acting i mean the dude was in tons of movies not many of which not very good but like he was working he was definitely putting himself out there in as many movies as possible so and still a beloved actor in a lot of ways still somebody that could sell a movie in a lot of ways even though a lot of the movies he was in were kind of b movies straight to video kind of stuff straight to streaming whatever so it's a situation that makes sense because he's not dead but he his ability to act is is no longer no longer there it's no longer an option so this is kind of a way for him to still make money without having to actually do the work just very interesting it's just like a big gray area it's just a huge gray area and there's a similar story with um james earl jones signing off the licensing to disney in order for them for star wars to use his voice as darth vader like he doesn't want to have to read the scripts anymore he doesn't want to have to perform in those movies anymore so he signed his voice made a deal and signed the rights to his voiceover for them to use his vo in probably in perpetuity after he passes away the voice of of darth vader will continue on as james earl jones but that's like should it like there's nothing wrong with like changing an actor for a performance it's like do we need darth vader in star wars movies in perpetuity there's like no other stories to tell in this universe 
this fictional you it's always got to be about luke leia darth vader it's like just about these few characters it's like very minimal the the scope of star wars i think they've started branching out it's just it's one of the most overrated franchises i would say there's so many disappointing movies in that franchise it's it's insane but it's owned by disney so they'll just keep squeezing and squeezing out every last dollar until it's exhausted and then they'll just put it on hold for a decade or two and then bring it back but uh yeah interesting news from bruce willis interesting to see what his deep fake shows up in you know maybe we'll see the deep fake bruce willis in commercials soon or even it'll be interesting to see the first like role that his likeness gets right movie starring bruce willis's likeness interesting and it'll be interesting where that money like did he get paid up front or does he get residuals every time his likeness is used i don't know interesting interesting time we're living in with technology and performances and content and acting and all that uh but anyway let's do some shout outs and get out of here shall we shout out to ktla 5 news shout out to Pubity. shout out to buzzfeed news and shout out movie facts uh, but most importantly Shout out to you. New episodes of The Ray Taylor Show come out every single day. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere our podcasts are found. Binge the full week over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. Buy Ray Taylor Show merch over at InspiredDisorder.com. And follow the show on Instagram at Ray Taylor Show. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace. Ouch! Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.